Hey everyone, Ed Helms here. You might know me as Andy from The Office or Stu from The Hangover, or you might know me as the co-founder of BGS. I know, I'm just as surprised as you. They let me co-found something. But here's the thing, we're doing it again. Yeah, this time we're leaping into our other deep love, the vast and vibrant world of country music with something we're calling Good Country. Now this isn't just another newsletter. Think of Good Country as a place. A place where you can explore, learn, and dig into all of what makes country good. Seriously, country music has so much going on these days, and it's coming from so many different deep and soulful places, and we're here to cover all of it. Just as we've done for Bluegrass and Roots Music at BGS for over a decade. So sign up now at goodcountrybgs.substack.com and let us bring you the many sides of country music straight to your inbox. Good country. It's a nice place to be. Hey, it's Cindy Howes from the podcast Basic Folk, where we have honest conversations with folk musicians. Check out our very special 250th episode featuring an interview and performance with Basic Folk co-host Lizzie No. I feel like most women I know have an experience where They've been working and working and working to perform and to execute and to please everyone else. And then things sort of fall apart a little bit in some way or another. And partying can actually be a really important step towards getting free because it shows you where you need to fall apart and being on the dance floor, like in community with mm. other women and mm -hmm. in community with queer people. Mm -hmm. Like for me, those experiences have been so important. This time, Lizzie is on the other side of the mic talking about and performing songs from their brand new album, Half Seas. Basic Folk's 250th episode with Lizzie No is streaming now on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. Join us there or wherever you get podcasts. From BGS and Osiris Media, you're listening to The Shift List where chefs talk about the music that fills their kitchens, restaurants, and recipes. I'm Chris Jacobs. This week on the show, our first of three episodes from the great and wintry city of Montreal. First up is Arthur's Nosh Bar, a cozy breakfast and lunch spot serving Jewish classics with a twist located on the now bustling Notre Dame Street in Montreal's St. Henri neighborhood, including menu standouts like crispy schnitzel served on thick-cut challa or a latka smorgasbord featuring organic gravlocks, fluffy scrambled eggs, and caviar. Opened in 2016, Arthur's has garnered praise from Bon Appetit magazine, Goop, and Canada's Globe and Mail, and I got a chance to speak with owners Reagan Steinberg and her husband Alex Cohen, who, like most married couples, have a rapport and chemistry that's all their own. That is to say, this is a pretty freewheeling episode, as we sat down amidst the hustle of Arthur's staff wrapping up service in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon to talk about everything from the playlist they prepared for the birth of their daughter Freya, to their personal and professional journey that led them to open Arthur's. I gave them both a microphone to capture the conversation and ambiance of the restaurant, which means that I stayed off mic for this one, but I think it captures the family spirit and vibe of this beloved spot that's sure to be a mainstay of Montreal's Jewish food tradition for years to come. From Montreal, Quebec, this is Arthur's Nosh Bar. Hi, I'm Reagan Steinberg. I'm Alex Cohen, and our daughter is Freya, Freya. Alia Cohen. Today's her... Three month, three, three month birthday. She's born three months. So I don't understand this three month birthday situation. She's three months. She'll be her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but they do that. And so yeah, so when we, because I had to have a C-section because she was breached, so she wasn't in the right position. So our doctor was our surgeon, and he said, oh, no problem, bring in a playlist. So we were waiting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They like always, they do surgery to playlists all the time. That could be another segue. Surgeons and their playlists. Oh but. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a great idea. And um, so before she was born, the other couple had like some crazy rock and roll, and they blast it. And so we put up this crazy playlist together. Well, first it's playlist to how we found the song. Sturgill Simpson? Sturgill Simpson, yeah, Sturgill Song. Yeah, 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 yeah it's a Sturgill yeah, Song, yeah. yeah. Welcome to the world, Welcome Polly to the Walk. world, Pollywog. Welcome to Earth, Pollywog. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found, not how we, how I found the song, obviously. So I'm the one that found it. <laughs> yeah, he's the song um, curator in our family. So, <laughs> so basically, I'm listening to it, and I hear the lyrics. It just randomly popped up on my, on my, play, on my, uh, on my playlist. Okay. And I listened to it, and I hear the lyrics, and literally I started crying. But I had a problem. It was based around his son, because he said the first lyric was, "Your, you know, a son was born." I, then I tell Reagan, I was like, Reagan, when he listened to the first lyric, he's talking about the son, not his <laughs> yeah, son. The I son, like, I what? made it up to son. convince her, like the son. She <laughs> fell for it, and then it, it worked. It worked great. So when we walked into the doctor's office, they couldn't connect her phone to their speakers. So we couldn't get our playlist. We couldn't get it. So they had to. We had to. We, we had to postpone her surgery. So they can download the song, and then they were able to play it. And then they just played it on repeat for on the repeat full for the hour, full hour of surgery. Was just that. Hello, my son. Welcome to Earth. May not be my last, but you'll always be. And then right before he pulled her out of my belly, he's like, okay, okay, restart the song, restart the song. So it was like a boom moment. And it's like this yeah. intro and it comes up and then you hear him speak. Yeah. Oh, and so, then they, and then at least two of the doctors came up to me and asked me what the name of the song was. Yeah, they loved who's it. Who's the artist. <laughs> it's, I think everyone needs to listen to that type of music before you do anything like big. Every time I changed her diaper at four in the morning, it was play me Sturgill Simpson, and that's what we did. We just played that, and then during the day we play play a bit of Brent Cobb, and then depending on how we go, then we play um, uh, Uncle Lucius, some some Uncle Lucius, the slower slower song Uncle Lucius. I play her some Beyonce. She likes Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce is amazing. Of course, you have to. She has to know strength and things like that for sure. But that's no, but the classics. You gotta know all the classics. But the great thing about country music, right? It's because it's easily followed. You could easily sing along to it. There's yeah, a but my dad, we grew thing. up on the Stones, yeah. ACDC, Bob Seger. Like, these were, like, in my car, this is what we were singing to. Like, I didn't know any of the Temptations, the Four Tops. Like, this is what, this, and that's still what I listened to. Like children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, mine was, uh, like, um, mine was Alabina, uh, Gypsy Kings. <laughs> Gypsy Kings is a good one. Yeah, Gypsy Kings is a good one. It was mostly Arabic and Spanish music, my parents, yeah. Is that, so is that yeah. yeah. But you grew up here. Yeah. In, in Montreal. In Montreal. Yeah. yeah. You grew up. I'm here, Montreal. Yeah. He his parents are like from Montreal. Like she Morocco. lived on the top of the mountain. I lived on like. I didn't live on the mountain. top of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we met haphazardly. I was 
brokenhearted and recently broken up with a long-term boyfriend and I went to my mom took me for drinks to make me feel better and Alex was cooking there this is a call uh, Lucille's a at Lucille's the time a long time ago and uh, they turned they switched that up and things like that uh, I started working as a um, dishwasher this and that and then became a cook uh, no, no, no. This no, no, is no. You just, we were telling oh, a story sorry. of how we met, oh, not how, we met. how you became a Yeah, cook. basically, uh, so, <laughs> no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. This story is way more interesting. So basically, she saw, I started at the restaurant, and I just broke up with, with my girlfriend, and we just broke up. And yeah, great timing. But I saw her, and I go up to my boss. I was like, dude, who is this girl? I was like, I need, so I'm hot. obsessed with her look. <laughs> like, I need to meet her. And um, finally, I got a number. And finally, I started writing her and texting her. And then she's like, hey, I'm trying to work things out with my boyfriend. Could you stop writing me these dirty messages? Yeah, disgusting, <laughs> filthy, filthy messages. I don't know what I was doing. And um, I was like, sure, no problem. So she doesn't believe this. But a week later, she calls me two and we go weeks. out for a drink. I waited specifically two weeks. Whatever it is. We did that. And then I guess uh, I moved in a week later. Yeah, he was supposed to be a rebound. <laughs> supposed to be a rebound. I was, I, was, I was supposed to go to the CIA. I was supposed to go to New York for school. CIA, CIA, Institute of Math. I was supposed to go there for school. So I couldn't go to that school. There was certain things in situations happened, and I decided to go with her to Asia instead. Everywhere. We did eight months backpacking through all Southeast Asia and um, India. But we got I got we got engaged the day before we left. And we told each other, if we're still together when we come back, we're for sure going to get married. <laughs> she ran away from me three times uh-huh. in Vietnam, right? Three times in Vietnam. I found her every single time. Every single time. I didn't go that far, let's be fair. Well, I just went to the nearest <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> and it wasn't that far. So you took eight months. Yeah. And, and, so and that was like a break. So I quit my job at Joe Beef, and he quit his job at the time. And we both, I, I needed a change at that point. Yeah. Like, um... What were you doing at I was a cook. Um, I worked in all their sister restaurants. I started at their uh, day place called McKiernan. And then I was working part-time McKiernan, part-time Joe Beef. Then I moved to Liverpool House, where I did Garde Manger and Entremet. And then um, told them I wanted to go on this trip and that I was planning on leaving. Left, came back, went to work at Joe Beef and worked there until um, I guess I was... In my late 20s, yeah. And then I quit to open our own first business, which was as a catering company. Which her chef told her, don't do, because the rest of your life, you'll make chicken fingers. Chicken fingers for rich kids and crudite platters. And lo and behold, I certainly did do that. But I enjoyed working for myself. Was that after you got back from yeah, so I worked at Joe B for a while, and then when before we got married, I was like, I think like after we get married, I'm gonna do my own thing, and then and he was like, it's a terrible idea. You didn't have enough. I experience. was still working at the other another restaurant. Then she asked me like basically she was like, well, I need your help with this, and uh, I'm like, you're interested in joining? I'm like, fine, no problem. I'll join, do it with you. Hated the hell out of it. It's, yeah, very, it's catering. It's very different. Cause he worked as a private chef for like a, a judge here. So I worked here as a private chef to help with the catering and this and that and all this jazz. And it's just not like you're going into a restaurant and doing, your own, doing things with your, like, let's say, comrades and teammates and other employees you work with. You're ba- exactly, you know what I mean? And you have to deal well, with every single person. We don't think, but you have to deal with every single person and all their problems and all their um, dietary restrictions and yada, yada. And it just it wasn't fun anymore. 
So we decided, okay, now if we actually want to be able to have our own stability as a business and not depend on so many other aspects, we need to find a location. So two years later, we found a location. And then as we, like if you notice, the kitchen is as big as the dining room because yeah. it was meant to be a catering space with a counter, oh, just one. salads and sandwiches and soups. We didn't That's have any it. tables. We had here. no tables. We had nothing. But halfway or more than, like, I'd say a third or two thirds of the way done, we were like, why aren't we doing a restaurant? Let's just do it. We have the location. We have the space. It looks like this area is going to be really hot or really, I hate, I can't believe I just, I can't believe I just said really hot. Um, yeah, please. St. Henry, yeah. St. Henry, yeah. And um, so he said, screw it, let's do it. So we did it. We put the tables in, we redesigned everything, we came up with the menu, all this jazz. Okay, so we built it, and then two weeks before, Reagan starts having a panic attack. Like, literally crying, panic attack. What the, f we, I just did the math. And we have to serve this many people a day to make any money to be I'm able like, to pay for this. If we we're need to sell 25 gonna, sandwiches a day, or we won't pay rent, and who's going like, to come? We're only going to do 21 clients a day. We're never going to do anything. There's not enough seats. And who's going to come eat in a Jewish restaurant in St. Henry? Our parents are afraid to come here. Like People were afraid to come in this area. No, that's point. not true. Don't say My that. My mom that's was. That's not true. My okay. mom was. But old, Your old, mom's old, old, old. I mean, like old mentality people in Montreal. There's a lot of elderly people who are not afraid of it, but... They're meant, they don't. They didn't know the area. But here we thought it was perfect because you have Westmount right up the street, you have downtown, you have Point St. Charles, you have Verdun, you have, you're literally five minutes away from every area in Montreal. And honestly, it was even one place hard. we... It wasn't even that we thought of it so much as like the location. It was more that we could afford the rent. We knew it was a, a up-and-coming place. We were never like, this is the perfect spot. We were like, this is a great spot for what we can afford and what, you know... Yeah. And then the first day, so we had this panic attack, but we're not going to get money. It's stupid. What the fuck do we do with ourselves? We're such idiots. My parents are like, you should have opened an Italian restaurant. Yeah, everybody loves pasta. <laughs> Everyone loves pasta. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was, that was my family. Um, like, who was eating pierogies in yeah, this neighborhood? Yeah, that's they kept saying. They're saying, they're not going to come eat your food. They don't want smoked them. So the day we opened, there was over 100 people waiting outside to come in. And we didn't do any marketing. We didn't do it. nothing. We did nothing. We chose that we are not going to uh, do promotion. We are not going to do anything. We're just going to be word of mouth. And I guess because it's the newest Jewish restaurant in a long time that has opened. I'm assuming that uh, that might have been a reason why. And people just flooded the place. And the day we opened was like the reverse panic. It's how the fuck am I going to serve all these people? Oh, great. Especially when your oven blows up. I'm not joking. Your oven blows up and schnitzels on your menu and none of your fryers work. And lakas and this and that. Everything was done by hand. Pan seared by hand. Everything. Do you know how long it takes to do these things by, by hand in a, in a, in a, on a pan? And we just, it was just, it was crazy. It was nuts. Oh, um, so we're open. We, uh, we are open. Everything's going well. We get our first orders and everything's goes. Okay, where's table 30? Where's table 20? And I'm, we're working in the kitchen. We're not, we're not like, we're both, we're both back there working in the kitchen with our chefs and our cooks, stuff like that. And then we guy checks the oven and is like, everything's raw. Nothing's cooked. What do you mean? Oven just blew. Okay, put it in the deep fryer. Deep fryer just blew. 
Are you fucking kidding me? So I'm finding myself downstairs while the gas is running. I'm playing with the gas lines, trying to unhook the gas lines to make it looser, tighter, this and that. No idea what the hell. I'm on the phone with my gas guy. He's just like, okay, push it to the right. My right, your right. I'm afraid I'm going to blow up the restaurant. It was, our, it was a, our first days of opening. Oh, yeah, it was really bad. Oh, my God. It was terrible. <laughs> like, one fridge... The two of us on the line. We were not prepared. We were not prepared. And pans with oils, no, and one no, no, other person. One other person. Then we had a salad bar here. So they were doing garden manger. They were doing garden manger up there. We thought it'd be this really cool thing. No, it was Watch stupid. It was so dumb. Watch the chef. Fuck that. It was a that didn't work. Disaster. They were getting slammed. The cold food would come up from there. The hot food from there. No one could. No one was communicating. These cooks hated those cooks yeah, because, because their job was easy. Yeah, because nothing to do, they couldn't prep. They couldn't do anything else because they were in front of the. Public. So they were just hanging around having Late, conversations, yeah. and everyone else there back there is slaving away. Oh man, it was too much. Yeah. Now we're getting a handle of. We're getting a yeah. We're we have an amazing that. chef that we hired named Luca, who's been like an amazing hand for us. Who's been able to kind of help us standardize and not to say that the people that used to work with us weren't no, amazing no, 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 in their own no, no, right no, but it's just been a point. different experience and, and and it allows us to step back and work on our new projects and stuff like that so it's amazing how much you learn and the mistakes i made and we made in the beginning of this operation to now mistakes that we don't make anymore it's crazy so whoever's working on like the hot line is in charge of the speaker usually <laughs> and this can range from anywhere from like heavy metal to during service oh yeah, yeah. they can range from death metal to uh, 90s hip hop to, to spice like 70s, girls yeah. to 70s uh, R&B yeah we get a lot of Disney Broadway the thing with Arthur's is that they're in service from 8 in the morning until 3 so that's a long ass service usually you come in at 12 or 2 let's say and you start service at six or whatever time, you know, so you're only in service from six to midnight or six to 11, yeah. so it's five hours. Here, it's a long day of service, so they need the music to, like, keep them going. They come in at 6.30 in the morning. They need They're it, starting. yeah, so yeah. they need it for, like, to boost energy and morale. And it's also because we were... Well, uh, I mean, we're, we were cooks, we were chefs, we were this, we're st we still are at some points here and there, <laughs> and we and we literally love nothing more than listen to music. Right, and there's that. Obviously, you're making a podcast about chefs and music, and it's not. So obviously, there's a connection to music and cooking, right? There's a reason for it, and yeah, and sometimes their, their choice of music is part of my French fucking horrendous. Like it's terrible. Like it's like it's just like just like. That's literally all the music is. I've been through it. I think it. we're just too old. Like, no, we're not no, cool no, no, anymore. no, 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 no. I just think that you pass certain stages of music as your career and as you get older. Like, now, I'm, the type of music I listen to is about 85% country, which a year ago I never listened to. Well, now I'm going down Sturgill Simpson, Sturgill Simpson, who's incredible. Um, Chris Stapleton, obviously. Uh, Brent Cobb. Brent Cobb, uh, his voice is just like just calms you down. Yeah, it's like the song. Okay, so his song is not. It's coming home to Alabama, or but we just call it coming home again. And then every time Google repeats it, we're like, shit, we got the name wrong again. Last night I drank until I passed out in the middle of a crowd, folks I didn't know. Margot Price. Like you know, like you know, Dory Freeman. 
So now I've just been listening to Dory Freeman a lot. It just reminds me of the really old style, just very little background noise and just her. I love that. You say you can't save me, but I never asked you to. I find our music situation is a bit complicated because we because we never did like a proper like this is the restaurant playlist. So when he was here, he was playing his playlist, and I would play my playlist, and the other manager would play. You know, so then eventually, like we were just playing a lot of anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean the beginning for me was at, after two o'clock. I played uh, Notorious B.I.G. Or Tupac or Wu Tang or this days and that. Cause I, down. Yeah, days winding down. I'm playing a bit rougher music. There's the crowd's a little younger. This and that. I can play some music. Before that, I try playing country, but it's really hard to play country in a restaurant where you can't listen to music loudly, because you can't understand it. It's not the best vibe. It's not the best vibe music because it changes and one's slow, one's upbeat, one's this, one that. You mean like you'll end up? I do plays. You'll end up listening to uh, Rascal Flats and then it's gonna be. Uh, I don't know, some really Taylor like, Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, no, like, like, like sometimes a lot of times during brunch, I'll always play a little bit of uh, electric light orchestra. Because I think that's like one of the best wake up music you can listen to. Because it's more like getting it ready for the day. You got 80s music and you got this and that. Sadly, I can't play. I can't play death metal. If I love death metal, you mean I used to listen to. I used to listen to a lot of, uh, like when I was younger as a cook. I went. I went through stages. Like I said, like at one point I was dubstep. Just dubstep. Before it was techno, techno. Then it was hard rock, and then it was classic. But as years ago, like I said, now it's more country and opera. And jazz and blues and this and that, like yeah, blues, more blues than jazz. More blues than jazz, but yeah, and like I think it's gonna be, it's gonna change again. As You're just more soulful <laughs> in your old age. Yeah, I'm old because like I listen to all oldies when prepping or like French cooking music or like like like, like no it's just like if you look up French cooking it just plays like beautiful French like romantic like like Charles Navourin or like stuff like that Opera for sure. Alex loves opera. Like loud. Yeah, yeah loud, loud, loud. Like we used to come in and at six in the morning. Yeah. I know. And he would be prepping so loud to opera that the neighbors upstairs are actually the 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 boy that lives there is deaf, and his girlfriend would always complain that how loud the, loud the music was at six in the morning. We're like, we're so sorry. She's like, my husband is deaf, but he actually loves to feel the sound through the vibrations in the floor. She's like, so he doesn't mind. So it was amazing. But it she's was like, but for me, it's really not working out. <laughs> you find a lot of that, a lot of that stuff, like, like, like food, right? You hear one type of music and then that artist, an artist might hear that music like, oh, dude, that'd be great as the base for something else and this and that. And that's how I find food, and that's what's so great. Food is such a connection to everyone that music is exactly the same thing. You mean you can't live without music, you can't live without food. Without food. Imagine a world without music. It's be fucking sad. Be great. Be great. And it wouldn't be enjoyable. And with food and the food room, it's just those are the two things in life that you have a connection with. You know what I mean? It's like the two things, it's like, you know, they say the only two true guarantee is death and taxes, right? And kind of like that. The only two things that can guarantee you happiness is music and food. 
That's it. That's a great close. Boom! Nailed it. That was a close one. That's good. And we're done. And we're done. Done. Alex, shut up before you say anything stupid. Shut up. And we're out of here. Thanks to Reagan Steinberg and Alex Cohen, owners and inspiration behind Arthur's Nosh Bar in Montreal. Head over to arthursmtl.com for photos, menus, and more about their beloved neighborhood of St. Henri. And if you find yourself in Montreal in the near future, stop in for an amazing breakfast or lunch every day of the week. Always first come, first served. The Shift List is produced by me, Chris Jacobs. Our executive producer is Amy Reitenauer, with help, as always, from the entire BGS team, including associate editor Justin Hiltner, marketing guru Joseph Klingel, and all the amazing writers and contributors that make BGS the best source for roots culture redefined. Special thanks to Osiris Media. Check out their entire roster of music and culture podcasts over at osirispod.com. If you love The Shift List, please leave us a review or rating over at itunes.com slash theshiftlist. I'm Chris Jacobs. Thanks for listening.